In 2016, four men came together in a living room and got real about who they are as men and who they are in Christ. Things that had haunted them for years were brought to light in an atmosphere of grace, and they began to heal. Today, these men number in the thousands worldwide and are called Men Passionate About Christ. They confront their problems and celebrate their victories in Christ and with each other. Welcome to the Grace for Man podcast, where men's stories of redemption are shared and men's issues of today are addressed in the name of Jesus as we help men everywhere discover grace, one man at a time. Here's Impact Men's Ministries founder and the host of Grace for Man podcast, Trey Etheridge. Take it away, Trey. All right, Brad. Thanks so much for the intro again, guys. It's just, it's amazing to be back after a couple of weeks off. I'm really excited today because we're doing something different as we're moving forward, as our podcast gets more and more popular. I'm getting more and more requests uh, for folks to join us and uh, that uh, share our vision, share our message of God's grace and, and uh, our, our focus of trying to help men discover grace one man at a time. Welcome to the Grace for Man podcast. And um, we have some really amazing events with Impact Men's Ministries that are going to be happening here very soon. And I just wanted to let you know those now so you can mark them on your calendars. You can register or go buy tickets, whatever needs be. And um, you can join us in this journey of helping men everywhere discover grace one man at a time. The first event we have coming up right after Labor Day and uh, mark your calendars. We're having our quarterly men's breakfast. Now, when we started these men, men's breakfast about four years ago, we would have 60 or 70 men there. Well, guys, what the message is resonating. And because uh, our last breakfast, we had a 205 more. Right now, we're already tracking to beat that. We're going to have an amazing morning. It's going to be at the church at Vieira, Melbourne, Florida, on Wickham Road. And you, uh, we're going to we're going to serve you 7 a.m. The doors open. You get free breakfast, all the bacon you can eat. So that's enough to come on in. And then we're going to have an amazing morning talking about forgiveness. Uh, we have a panel of men that are really going to touch your heart with uh, their stories of unforgiving, what many would consider to be unforgivable. And uh, so we're going to have them uh, join us and we're going to have our peel back time and uh, get real time where uh, everyone can participate, share their stories, their revelations in Christ and their revelations of how powerful the forgiveness is that he's given us. So that's September the 10th, Saturday morning at Church of Vieira. Now, the next thing is our first standalone big event for Impact Men's Ministries. Please come on out and check it out. September the 16th, 7.30 p.m. start time. It's called the Walking Free in Grace Experience featuring Dove Award nominee Micah Tyler, a Texas brother just like me. Actually, we're from the same town in Beaumont. And he's coming right over, as he says in his videos that he's done for us, right down I-10 to come join us for this big celebration of, of life, celebration of, of the Lord. And then we, we, we just know when you walk out, you're going to have revelation of what grace truly means. You're going to be inspired and motivated to go be God's light to shine to the rest of the world. My friend Gary Miracle will be joining us and giving a message of inspiration, hope, and healing. 
And then, of course, I'll be uh, just chatting with you guys briefly from the stage just about Impact Men's Ministries. And it's for the whole family. So, ladies, get your husbands and come out. It's really important that you get there together as we just have this great night of worship, great night of praise. And uh, we might make you laugh, make you cry a little bit. But the main thing we, we want to do is just make you think a little bit deeper out who you are in Christ and who God says you truly are as his forgiven child. So that's September the 16th, 7.30 p.m. at the King Center. And you can go to kingcenter.com slash events to buy your tickets. And uh, if you're interested in group tickets, give me an email at the on the website and I will arrange group ticket prices for you, your, your group for your church or your organization to come on out. So with that said, we've just got so many cool things happening. Men's conference in October, which I'll uh, I'll uh, communicate to you in the next next time. And, uh, you know, the Grace for Man podcast started uh, with Impact Ministries, you know, over a year ago. And uh, we're, we're get, we've gained traction more and more and more as we just peel back the layers and get real about men and their stories and how they overcame and discovered Christ and then how they were an influence to others, whether through their job, you know, at work, through their families, through their communities. And uh, today we've got an amazing friend, new friend to the ministry, and I'm looking forward to partnering with them in some capacity and walking alongside of them and hopefully they alongside of us moving forward. So we have Jerry Meek joining us all the way from Arizona. He's calling in. He is a founder and CEO of Desert Star Construction and which is known as the best team in the luxury home business with over $4 trillion in uh, business sales happening. Also the founder of Glorious Reflections, which is an organization uh, that he puts together to help overwhelmed Christian business leaders rediscover their eternal purpose. And I really want to talk about that just a little bit. And then, of course, he also works with the Phoenix Dream Center Foundation, where he's aiding young people that are escaping from human trafficking, which that is also near and dear to our hearts over here in Florida as well. So we got a lot of cool things to uh, talk about. So anyway, I'd like to introduce to you without any further ado, Jerry Meek. Jerry, thanks so much for coming on board and joining us on the Grace Men podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's an honor to be partnering with you, and I'm very excited about what you're doing. Um, if I wasn't booked somewhere else, I think I'd come out for that bacon. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I actually tried to sweeten it up a little bit to some of the guys. I said, I always tell you, have all the bacon you can eat. So what if this time I put like nacho cheese over it? Would that make it even better? So uh, I didn't get many takers on that, but yeah, we we would love to have you come out, and I definitely want to be talking with you about some future projects that we can maybe work together on. You know, Jerry, um, you know, successful businessman today, but you've been touched by the Lord. And uh, when you and I chatted a couple of weeks ago, I was really inspired uh, just kind of about a little bit about your backstory and where you came from. And uh, I'd like to go there first because I, I want to hear the backstory of what's hap- what happened in your life to lead you to Christ. And then we can, I really want to get into, you know, how that manifested itself uh, as you worked up through adulthood and into your business career. Career. That's a great question, and I really appreciate you asking it. So many people see us where we are today. They don't see the struggles we've come through and the challenges we've had in life. I went through 10 schools just to get through high school. Um, very humble beginnings, working class, blue collar family. And my dad and I started a carpentry company when I was 18 years old. With, I laugh, but $200 in assets. And wow. I, yeah, I, we had a skill saw and a cord. And I struggled the first 20 years 
years, the first 10 years of my business, I averaged $9,040 a year. And in the first 20 years of business, I only averaged $17,000 a year. But in looking back, my rewards were not dollars. The rewards were learning the relationships, building a strong foundation, learning what to do, and more importantly, what not to do. Right. I think, I think sometimes when the money doesn't show up in the balance sheet, we don't think we're gaining anything. But I would, yeah, I wish those 20 years would have happened, but I wouldn't trade them for anything. You know, it's all part of that journey we talk about. You know, we had a long discussion this morning. We have a meeting here called Truth Tuesday, and I had a men around the table, and we were talking about the transformation we go go through as Christians from the day we believe in the blood and resurrection of Christ and until the day we die or when, when Jesus comes back first, you know. Um, actually, I wouldn't mind the second happening pretty quick if, you know, <laughs> with the world the way it is, but, but you're right. This journey makes you who you are and, and you know, coming from that kind of a, a background of you had a lot of transition with the 10 schools, you know, you you started out pretty meager as far as uh, salary. Of course, $9,000. I know you're only 29. So, you know, $9,000 <laughs> back in those days was probably a lot of money. But um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Even if you adjusted for inflation, it was very little and it was not on. I know. I think uh, my first job out of college, I made like 15 and yeah, I thought I was a millionaire. And uh, in any case, you know, reading through your information and talking to you, you can you tell me a little bit about your revelation in Christ and kind of when when the uh, the dots started connecting in your mind that you're not alone in this world, you actually have a supreme being that's guiding you and has a plan for you? Absolutely. I uh, was baptized Catholic and raised Catholic. And part of, I, I don't know if it was school number nine or eight, I oh, can't man. remember now going back, but my parents had actually gotten saved at the Assembly of God Church. And it was mandatory that we attended with them. Right. And week after week, going to church, hearing the messages. And then one day I was, I just really wanted it to be my decision. I didn't want to do it because mom and dad wanted me to do it. After all those altar calls and white knuckles on the, the old wooden pews back in the day in the 70s, I just decided this one evangelist came in. He goes, do you want a life that brings you peace? Do you want confidence that Christ, only Christ can give you? And I was this insecure kid who I was beat up and bullied growing up, moved, didn't really have home, didn't have friends. It was hard to make friends and keep them going to mm -hmm. different school every year. Mm -hmm. But he said, he said something, and mine wasn't an emotional decision. It was a practical one. He goes, if you want to live a life with Christ and have a, a heavenly father that loves you and wants good for you and has a plan for you, or do you want to burn in hell? And it was really pretty much a black and white decision for me. Right. I felt like at that point, I needed a new beginning. And I will tell you, the change was immediate. Wow. The confidence I got, the, the, I don't know, I just felt something in peace inside. And my youth pastor said, Jerry, read the Beatitudes over and over and over again. And I did. Talked about being salt and light and letting your light shine was about excellence. And I'll tell you, I accepted Christ at 50. But I'm still developing every day. It's a journey and a process. You bet. You know, we talked about that this morning, and we're, that's kind of what our topic is for this week. So timing's perfect uh, about the transformation we go through from you know being a non-believer to a believer in Christ. Uh, you had you had a uh, a quote, and I just pulled this out, and I know you're probably not expecting it, but I just thought it was kind of cool. Um, you, you said um, after Christ, I saw that problems became became opportunities. What does that mean to you? 
Well, I, I think we're so worried and focused, uh, living in a world of distraction. The opportunity was, hey, what good can come from this situation? Mm-hmm. And there's always a positive outcome, regardless of what the challenge your life is going through, the relationships. I mean, we, we had a son born at two pounds and left the hospital with a quarter of a million dollars in debt. We had a daughter die who lived eight days. And you could either let these things be tombstones or stepping stones, building blocks in your life. And I think what it is, it's a perspective that we all have a choice to have. And I just choose to make them opportunities, opportunities for me to learn, grow, and frankly, to ultimately help other people. You probably experienced that when you went through that uh, dramatic shift, you know, when you were talking uh, to that pastor, uh, uh, that that brother a while back um, about, you know, living in peace and you get to live in freedom, you know, and your your background in church is a little similar to mine, different, but similar in the fact that I never really heard heard this message growing up from the stage about just how amazingly loved I was and how forgiven and and justified and set apart I was. And I get to walk in that every day. I heard more of what you said, you know, believe or go to hell thing. And that that just wasn't motivating to me. I was like, what? There's got to be more than that. That, you know, is is my God like looking at me and he's got his arms crossed and he's tapping his toe waiting for me to screw up? Or is it like this? All right. You know what? I got an opportunity. Everything's an opportunity because he's in me and with me. I mean, how do you walk that out every day? Well, I, I think really what comes down to is I really believe when you look at God's word, it's a love story towards his people. And that's you and I, and that's your listeners. Yeah. Right. God does want good for us. My generation, I really feel like we told the world what we were against. We did like, we don't like A, B, or C. I couldn't go to movies. The women didn't wear makeup when I was growing up. <laughs> I could have a lot. Of, I did have a lot of commentary on that, but I mean, I would rather the makeup than, you know, still not go to movies but anyway uh, <laughs> but you know when it really comes down to it the bible is based upon two types of stories examples of what to do and, and examples of what not to do mm-hmm. and we have a choice on what we choose mm-hmm. we have an option of you know god who do you want me to be today who do you want me to see today who do you want me to encourage today mm-hmm. those are the things that i try and focus on in spite of any objections or frankly the attacks right that are coming that's so true and that, you know that's a point we try to get across to men that, that come to us through our Zoom meetings or our face-to-face or meetings or our group meetings uh, and the events we do is, you know, the, those situations, what we're going through, there's a heart set there that, you know, is is that what I'm going through, that that awful situation? Is that my identity or is my identity something greater? It seems like you think about that a lot. I mean, that, that's not who I am. And for, for some of the guys that come in that we work with, you know, it, it might be an addiction. It might be a money problem. It might be a parenting problem or, or being a, a spousal problem, you know, that they're, they're really struggling with. And they identify around those things. And, it, you know, I just feel like it's a lie coming from the deceiver to bring you down because that's not who you are. You know, you're, you're something bigger. You're something better. You get to walk that out every day to where those problems in life actually do become the opportunities like you talk about. But um, what are your thoughts around that? Well, I, I think what it is from my perspective, it's like God's written a story for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, are we going to step into what he wants for us, or are we going to just do what we want? And frankly, one of the pivotal moments, watershed moments of my life was I was always asking God to bless what I was doing. It was, I mean, maybe a decade ago, it's like, God, wait a minute, what do you want me to do? The answer is yes. And I think what happened is we look at the book of Proverbs, and chapter two is all about getting wisdom and right. knowledge and applying that. Well, chapter 
three rules into trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, I think what happens is no matter how much knowledge and how much wisdom we get, God still wants us to talk to him about every area of our life, every decision, Mm -hmm. because that word trust in the Lord Mm -hmm. means to fully lie in a bed. And basically the way I saw that is it's like, okay, God, am I half in or am I half out trusting you? And that's been part of my growth journey in terms of leaning into the Lord and probably asking more about the smaller decisions than the bigger ones. Right. God, who do I see today? Who am I supposed to help? Right. Yeah, that that's an amazing revelation to have when you wake up in the morning and, and you just hear, okay, who am I going to talk to today? Who is the man that's going to come into my life today that we're going to try to make a difference with? Or in your case, it's who's that customer or who's that business associate or who's that employee that you can you can sow into? And, and I really want to get into that in just a minute with, um, you know, with your company and your philosophy with that and Glorious Reflections. There's another quote I, I saw from you. So are you ready? Oh, man, you're taking me by surprise. Hey, Go for it. Well, this is cool because I think this is very reminiscent of Paul's own words where he counts everything as refuse or trash uh, for the Lord. And you said, when we prioritize profitability, achievement, and accolades, we quickly realize that those things are a mirage. And I took that off your website. Oh, man, 100%. Yeah. And I just, I thought that was very Paul-like, you know, as he writes about everything else is trash, you know, and and, and his words. Not exactly. Those, tr- those are Trey's Cliffs notes. But um, uh, what, what expand on that a little bit because I think it's really neat. Well, what it is, I think so many of us were chasing what the world thinks and calls success. The bigger house, the faster car, more money. There's no finish line. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, in terms of our pursuing and our chasing, it's not the what, it's who are we reflecting? Are we reflecting God's integrity? Um, Our diligence reflects his worthiness. Our boldness reflects his strength. Our generosity reflects his love. And I think from those perspectives, God wants us to reflect him, Mm -hmm. his will, his love. And I go back to salvation. I feel like God gave me so much. I mean, beyond giving us his son, that what I do, I do out of gratitude, not yeah. obligation. Yeah. And I think mean, for me, that's what matters most. Yeah, yeah I know as, as we dive deeper into who we are and, and, and what his Holy Spirit truly means as we grow, I just think it's really comforting that we, we try to communicate to the guys that listen, they're really struggling that, you know, as, as he grows in you and your knowledge of him grows, then all of these amazing things are kind of a, a product of who you are. It's, it's who you are now. It's not a forced effort that I got to work hard to do. I mean, I'm going to put my due diligence in, but at the same time, letting him help me get it out and let, letting him be that light that comes out of my eyes for others to see. Um, that's a critical piece. And I, I can just tell and see by talking to you and looking at some of the things with your business and your organization, you really strive to to project that light uh, through your business dealings, uh, through uh, the Glorious Reflections group that you created. Tell me about that business philosophy that uh, that you're just trying to keep Christ at the center of everything you do and how that how it affects the workplace and your employees and, and you know how you move forward with that. Well, it goes back a lot to what I said about, you know, and this is from the beginning. It's like to be salt and light. Am I am I shining light and am I shaking salt? Right. If you have a light and it's off, it's of no good. If you've got salt in the shaker and you're not shaking it, what's the point? Right. I think what really challenged me probably in 2008, 2009, which curiously enough, the great resignation started in 2009. It just became big news a couple of years ago. That has been happening at a growth rate of 10% a year. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating 
came to me is the genesis was the fact that 30 years ago, people had a church, a community, a family. And I realized that many of my employees in the hundreds of companies we work with didn't have that. And we need to have a sense of community in our business. And one of the things we really focused on was people before profits. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things we could have done, laid off people in 08. We didn't. Wow. My wife and I didn't take us. No, we didn't take a salary. I made this bold commitment that we're not going to participate in the recession. And our support for you is my wife and I are going to take a salary. I had no idea how many years that was going to be. Wow. So, <laughs> but we started to investing in our team and their families. We have a retreat every, we call it the family fun weekend. We come up to Northern Arizona. They bring their husbands, their wives, all their children. And we just love on them, support them and invest in them. But things took a turn in 2010 for us. Um, we felt like we needed to be doing more for our community. And I was blessed uh, and still am blessed to have Tommy Barnett as a personal friend. And he challenged me. I was always brought up to not let the right hand know what the left hand was doing. He says, Jerry, you need to do something to encourage believers in our community. And I'd never done that before. But the first project we did at the Phoenix Dream Center, we built a kitchen for them. My son was um, donating time using our equipment, wanted some money for a for new kitchen equipment. And when the bill came in at about $40,000, I'm like, you know, I better go down there and take a look. That's a lot of money. Well, when I got down there, I was so moved by the people they were touching. We donated and funded a fully functional kitchen with the capacity of serving a million meals a year. Wow. And as of, and as of 2020, we've served over 6.3 million meals. Wow. And that was the beginning. I realized that there was more that we could do. And I was at a Phoenix Children's Hospital event. They had a fundraiser where interior designers were decorating trees that they auctioned. And and I will be real honest, I am not a super creative guy when it comes to new ideas and new things. My creativity comes in execution and planning and building the right team. But to come up with something like what we did for the victims of human trafficking, I left there in the parking lot. I said, Carol, I said, we don't need 10 designers to decorate Christmas trees. We need to go to the Dream Center, ask them for 10 rooms and recruit 10 designers. And that's what we did. Wow. We we took these obsolete um, buildings from the old uh, hotel that we bought. And as of 2021, we've rescued 931 women and 187 babies were born that were rescued from human trafficking. And I will tell you, it's not the money you make, it's what you do with it. And these two projects are among many of the most important and rewarding things our family has done, my wife and I, and wow. sons. Wow. That, you know, that, that strikes a chord with me. We partner locally with two anti-trafficking and, and anti-porn uh, organizations here. And to see these stories of these women and children that are sucked into this world, it's under our noses. It's it's just here and, and you don't even think about it and how horrible it is. It's so important for men, for you and me and the men to be involved in it because technically men are the biggest contributors to the to that movement. And for us to be able to speak out for you guys and what you're doing, the 10 rooms, uh, you know, what what you're doing over there with the Dream Center, that is just so inspiring. So very inspiring. Um, I'd love to lock arms with you sometimes on that initiative for sure. Well, thank you. I think the biggest thing, though, is with uh, rooms for uh, the victims of human trafficking, it became a community endeavor. We had 10 designers. We had 30 companies that we worked from, but we had 300 companies that donated materials 
and we had 700 volunteers. And the crazy part, from the day one of asbestos abatement to taking photos, we accomplished all of that in 72 calendar days. Wow. Wow. And Praise it goes God. back. Oh, my gosh. Amen. Well, what it does, it goes back to one of my foundational statements that nobody does anything great along. Mm. And I think that if, when we can start sharing with men like, hey, this is what I can do, I can help, but I can't help here. But let me work within my lane, within the gifting and talents God's given me. Mm-hmm. That's transformational, not just for you and me working together, but for the, the thousands that were impacted by this. Right. You know, you just you just brought up a you just brought up a, a great point about, you know, you can't do it alone. And we really focus with impact um, and encourage brothers to take that phone number, to find that man, to, that person that they have been meaning to reach out to forever, just to help them overcome what their challenges in life are. How important is it you to surround yourself with some good, strong Christian men in your life? Well, it's a two-sided coin. I've got somebody who's about 15 years older than me that I have talked to every Thursday morning for years now, and it's he's my accountability partner. We talk about wins, losses, prayer requests, challenges. What did we learn this week? Self-improvement. But I think the part of that is you could get to the point where you're always looking for somebody to help you, but it's of no value to me if I don't take what I learned and pass it on to the next generation Amen. behind me. Yeah. So you can't just be this person who just keeps learning and learning and learning. Right. It's, you know, somebody once, I was talking to a group of college students one year and they said, you know, what's your superpower? Well, I said, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> well, what are you really good at? I said, well, I apply what I learned yeah. and I'm like a dog with a boat on it. It's like, wow, that's a good, how can I make that work and how should I apply that in my life? And I think it's important that we do that. I mean, they, my friends, the relationships that I've been fortunate to have, they give me perspective, they encourage me, but more than that, they hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. And we, we humans, we're a tribal culture. Right. Um, we're meant to experience life together. And I will tell you, a, a lot of the failings in ministry and in life is people didn't take the mask off. Nobody knew how they were really doing until oh, it was too late. Yeah. You know, we and talk about we talk about masks a lot, and I'm guilty of wearing multiple masks over the years and just how there was never any fulfillment or never, you know, I, I wasn't really being real about who I truly was. And you ever have a time or two that you could relate to us when when that mask was on your face and you're you were putting on a facade to the world to, to fit a stereotype or fit the culture? Oh, which time? Yeah, I know, um, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think what happens is we have masks so we don't even know we have them. Right. I mean, part of the insecurities of Christ delivered me from my mask. I had to be the overachiever. I always had to be right. I was more prepared than the other guy. And mm-hmm. I thought I was being a good leader, but really, you know, a good leader is one or two steps ahead. I was always 10 steps ahead. I really I didn't really understand the impact of that to the people around me because, you know, the people in my life now that knew me 20, 30, 40 years ago, and a lot of those people I've worked with that long in my career, I had a short, short use. I'm half Italian and I <laughs> I had a temper. And if you weren't doing your job or if I didn't like you, I wasn't afraid to tell you about it. Yeah. And that's been the most obvious change that people that have known me over time have seen that I would rather hug you than hit you now. Amen. And that was completely different. But I think the other thing, too, about removing the masks, um, I don't know how to say this, but I really feel like people learn more from our failures from our, than our successes. Yeah. And when we can be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. And or have you ever gone through this situation? No, but I know somebody who can. And I really, through taking these masks off of wanting to be successful in business, to want people to 
know who I am to right now. I really don't care if anybody who knows who Jerry Meek is, but I want to know how big my God is. Right. And the one thing that really the, all of the mask removal taught me, it transitioned me from being a people pleaser mm-hmm. to a God pleaser. Right. I'm less concerned that people like me or not. Right. Um, that used to be the only thing, somebody who was bullied and had no friends. Right. But if I'm doing what God wants me to do, then, hey, that's the win. Gotcha. Um, hey, I want to shift a little bit to the Glorious Reflections. Under the description of Glorious Reflections, it says, helping overwhelmed Christian business leaders rediscover their eternal purpose. There's a lot in that mouthful. Um, yes, sir. But first, let's start with the word overwhelmed. What uh, What's the thoughts behind the word overwhelmed there? I will tell you, after being a business for 44 years, um, I've never seen it more challenging than in this day and age sure. in terms of the number one, even during COVID, the number one challenge business owners had, it was skilled help. Mm-hmm. And in our industry, it's it's difficult in the construction side of things. And I'm sure it is in every business. If you go to any restaurant, any company, the supply chain issues we have. And I, I think what happens is the overwhelmed part, I feel like, comes from trying to do it all on our own and not doing it with the Lord, mm-hmm. not partnering with Jesus and trusting God for everything. Because when you think about it, you've got, we all, and most of your listeners, we have a business, we have a job, we have a family, we have a wife, we have four husband, depending on the you have women listening to this, but we all have stuff. But I think we're so focused on the accumulation and the what. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's the why. It's like who are, who does God want us to become, and what are we reflecting? And I think as we reflect Christ's heart and His love and His His generosity, that's how we're going to impact the world. And frankly, when we start reflecting those things and bringing them into our lives, it pushes out yeah. the the negativity, the, yeah. the addictions, the addictions, the alcohol, the drugs. And, you know, frankly, there's a lot of guys that are addicted to success. Right. They want everybody to see how popular they are and how well they've done. Right. And when we put Christ in front of all of that and reflect his holiness, his worthiness, his strength, we're going to have a greater impact in our personal families, but in the communities that we that we all work and live in. Man, that just rings true. And I, how long uh, has Glorious Reflections been going on? When did you get that going? We launched it this year, actually. So, okay, this is it. All right. And yes. Yeah, so so it's a, you know what it is? Part of it is I just, I really wanted to figure out, Lord, there's so many things out there and so many people doing so many yeah. like great things. It's like, so what can I do? And what it really comes down to is I want to pass on what I've learned and lived, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, the ugly, the challenges and the successes. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I wish I had somebody who was willing to do this 30 and 40 years ago. Because, right. you know, I, I don't need to stub my toe myself. If somebody can tell me how to avoid it, <laughs> I want to know. You know. like, don't do that. Yeah, right. But one of the things we did do is we created a 21-day challenge. And if your listeners would want to pursue that, it's free. There's no ask. There's no buy something from me. It's just something we designed to help. And if you text challenge to 55444, you will get an email and introducing and you can say, hey, I want to do this or I don't. Right. But it's a daily devotional and just, just really, to that. who are we all reflecting on a day-to-day basis? Right. And I will tell you that even though we created this, I'm still working through it. It's yeah. a daily discipline for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. And uh, you're probably growing now more than you've grown in a while as uh, as you're working through it and, and uh, working the kinks out and, and 
and moving forward is you're doing a lot of reflecting on your own, right? Amen to that. Oh. Well, that's what I said earlier about having somebody. Yeah, you get input and help from one person, but I get so much more when I can invest into somebody else because I have to be more prepared to do that and invest in their lives. God didn't call us to walk alone. Right. You just got that from all those times he made you read the Beatitudes, right? That, uh, <laughs> that I, I'm seeing how the seeds are planted. That's uh, that's awesome. It You'll, doesn't matter how many seeds are planted. We all have to keep the weeds out because they grow on their oh own. Oh my gosh, I know. They overcome very quickly. Very quickly. You can get to Glorious Reflections at jerrymeek.com. Is that right? It's jerryrmeek.com. Gotcha. So Thank you for asking. You yes. can uh, you can check out that and, and see the services that Jerry offers there. I know uh, he would love to come address your group or your organization to maybe help you strategize with your uh, corporation or your, your business to represent Christ and everything that's going on. He's got some great ideas for you to do that. And I've seen he's a pretty accomplished speaker getting around. You're also writing a book. Tell me about the book that's coming out. Well, it's funny. I, I don't know why this hit me, but when COVID happened, I rewound and talk about reflecting. I remember all the questions. What were you doing when 9-11 happened? And I, I think every one of us can remember when the attacks happened, where we were, what we were doing. And I, I, my reflection points were, what do you, how are you going to answer that question? What did you do during COVID? And God gave me two books. Uh, one is already out, Leadership on the Level. And my next book is coming out on September 28th. Nice. It's, it's called While You Wait. And it was the moment when I realized we are all waiting for something. Yes, we are. It's we're all at a I learned this word liminal or liminality. It's a it's the space. Say you're a woman gets pregnant. Well, the baby's not born for nine months. So what do you do in that nine months? But it's the same thing for all of us. God gives us certain things that he wants us to do um, while we're waiting. Mm -hmm. And I talk and a lot of what I write shares my business experiences. And I talk a lot about, you know, you can either shrink back or you can lean in. Mm -hmm. The strong gets stronger, the weak get mm -hmm. weaker during mm -hmm. crisis and challenge. And we've seen mm -hmm. that with every economic change. And so what do you do when you're waiting? And I think those are the steps that I put in there that God has something great for us, but he does not want us to shrink back. Right. Oh, that's that's fantastic. You said September the 28th. Yes, sir. And the book is called Why when You Wait. Wait. Right. Yes. We're going to try to find a way we can get that incorporated to our website, maybe help promote it for you. And uh, Oh, thank you so much. Uh, we definitely will do that. I, um, you know, in your bio, it says, you know, you, you talked about your some of the struggles on moving around, kind of meek beginnings. And did I read right? You started as a, like a handyman with your dad? Dad and I started the carpenter business together. That's what it was, carpenter, yeah. And now yeah. give me the scale of Desert Star Construction. Are y'all all Western, Southwestern? We, yeah. Uh, there's more than enough work in Arizona for us. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so we, uh, it's been kind of interesting. And part of this is, and I tell the story about a couple projects and while you wait, uh, it was the end of 2015, we had 13 projects closing, and I could not get an interview. And the interviews that I did get, no callback, didn't want us. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I've got quite a few employees here and their families. God, what do you want me to do? And I brought our team together. I said, hey, we got through this in 2008. I said, we didn't know how at the time that we're going to get through this. So everybody stayed. One guy quit. I'm like, okay, fine, if you don't have trust. But I said, 
I know there's something out there, and I'm just going to ask you to trust me because I know God's never let us down before. And I'm saying these things to people that are not all believers. So I'm putting my faith out there. But I said, and frankly, I prayed like Daniel. It's like, God, not for my sake, but for your sake. If you don't come through, you're going to be the one who looks bad, not me. I'm putting it all on the line. <laughs> my first book was called The Team Builder Toolbox, and it was easy. There are a lot of pictures in it, very few words. But it talked about how we built our team. I get a call from an architect who's in Bora Bora, who I've never worked for and never met. He says, Jerry, I've got a project that needs what you did in two of the chapters about expediting a project. I had no work going on. So he goes, are you available Monday? I said, I don't know. Let me check my schedule and get back to you. I did not want to. I didn't want to be anxious. And I was able to move something and set right. it up. And long story short, you'll learn more about this in the, in the book while you wait. But by the end of that year, within two days, we got two contracts for two of the largest houses ever built in Arizona and, uh, and in the country for that matter. And they were both at the same time. And although I didn't know what God had planned for us, I knew I had to trust him. And if we have gotten any of the other work that I thought I was supposed to get, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have been able to do one or possibly both of them. Wow. So God sees the land. We need to trust them even when we yeah. don't understand. And that was that was a watershed moment for me. And I'm, I haven't looked back. Man, that's it. That's great news. Uh, the, the company's thriving. You've got this great support organization with Glorious Reflections, you know, working with the anti-trafficking uh, organizations there. It's amazing. Uh, and uh, you just talked about, just read the Beatitudes over and over and over. And, you know, you're a servant, yeah. my friend. And it's just so it's so refreshing to talk to someone like you that, that has had the revelation. And, and speaking of revelation, I always like to close out with just a thought about, number one, thinking about God's grace. Can you finish this sentence? And I know I didn't put this in the prep. <laughs> because of Jesus, I know blank. I'm free. Yeah. I know I'm saved. I know I'm blessed. I know he has a plan for my life. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. Our whole goal with our ministry is to get every man we know to say that, to walk in freedom. Uh -huh. There's so many that are professed Christians that don't, and they're worried about the yeah. next move they're going to make or how they're going to be judged or whatever. And we just try to create this judgment-free zone here yeah. and knock down the walls of denomination and all that kind of stuff and, and just talk, focus on what you just said, walking in freedom. Something is rattling through my brain here since we started talking about this. I don't know if it's for you or just one of your listeners or one of, one of each of our friends will be listening to this, but there was a pivotal moment in my life and it affected my business, my marriage, my faith especially is so many of us have desires in business. We desire success, but it wasn't until I had an expectation. I expected to be successful. I expected to get the job when I win and I expect my prayers to be answered. And I pray that God will show your people and your friends and your sphere of influence that they can have an expectation of success and an expectation of what Christ wants to do. God is waiting for us. Oh, yeah, it's so many. Yeah. How many times yeah. do we walk around not even thinking about we're a vessel for him with his Holy Spirit? And he's just right there waiting to be unleashed. And uh, I just Amen. think it's a, an inspiring thing to think about. So well, we got the new book coming out September 28th. Um, anything else going on with you and Glorious Reflections the rest of the year? No, we've got a lot of different uh, events that we're doing and teaching, and I'm excited that there are other private events for specific organizations. But right. I, it was a step of faith for me. It would have been easy for me to stay in my comfort zone of business, but we had a 10-year transition plan on our business. In January 1 this year, our oldest son, Jeremy, became president of the company, and he's oh. doing an amazing job. And it's just great to be able to pass on right. what God's blessed me with in terms of knowledge and experience. 
audience. And frankly, I, we had questions in our business and I asked them, I still ask them, how can I help you succeed? What obstacles are in your way? Uh, it's just been a pleasure for you to be uh, our guest here. It's just been awesome getting to know you. Best of luck. And I can't wait to get you over here to Florida or meet you somewhere else. We can put something on together and uh, just kind of have an impact on some other brothers out there. And, be, uh, it would be my it would be my honor. Oh, fantastic. Well, Jerry, we sure do appreciate it. You can go to jerryrmeek.com to get the information uh, about uh, Jerry and um, how he can help you guys out. And like uh, he said just a minute ago, for women listeners, 30% of our followers are women. So that's uh, an amazing thing. And we want to encourage you women to join your husband or your son or your brother or your dad and come join us for the Walking Free and Grace experience here next month at the uh, King Center for the Performing Arts in Melbourne, Florida. We're expecting 2,000 people to come just have an amazing night of revelation and inspiration and motivation in Christ Jesus. And um, Jerry, we got to get you a rain check to come out next year. So we'll work through that with you. Also, just a reminder, guys, man, there's something you're going through right now, like Jerry and I were talking about, and you've been wearing that mask and you want to take it off. You want to bring it from whatever that's bothering you, that thorn. You want to bring it from the darkness into the light. Go to our website, impactministries.org. That's M-P-A-C-T ministries.org. Click on the Brotherhood support page. Right on the top, it says Brotherhood. You click on that. We have a team of brothers that is that have dealt with or are dealing with exactly what you're going through right now. And we just want to be a resource. We want to listen. We want to pray for you. And if, if you need extra help, we can guide you. We have a, a couple of partnerships with different organizations that can help us in, in every need we have. So just reach out. And uh, I'll get the email personally, and then um, we'll will uh, get to the right guy in front of you or to talk with you to help you wade through this thing called life in the name of Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit as your guide. Jerry, great to see you. So glad you joined us today. Stay warm out there in Arizona. It's only like 128 probably. Um, (laughs) And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again very soon. So uh, guys, we'll catch you next week on the flip side. I'm Trey and this is the Grace for Man podcast.